Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. everyone. Welcome back. Um, A huge piece of this podcast for me is to familiarize myself with the experience of others. And the commonalities within the grief experience are so powerful and are what help me feel less isolated and understood by all of you. But I was also recently challenged on what the concept of grief encompasses, and I'm really excited to dig deeper into that today. Because when it comes down to it, grief is the loss of an identity. It's a shift in our understanding of who we were and who we now are. We, as a society, have adopted the idea that in order to experience grief as we know it, we must have lost someone that we loved to death. But I don't really know if that's the case. And this really struck a chord with me when I was chatting with a classmate of mine named Elliot. Elliot is transgender, and his experience with a shift in his identity and the perceived loss that his friends and family had to navigate both spoke to me and my own grief experience. I'm so excited to be joined today by him to learn even more about how we can change this conversation and how we approach grief. So Elliot, thank you so much for being with me today. Of course, I'm excited to be here. So I'm really just going to turn it over to you. I want your whole, your whole story. Totally. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, so I am currently 28. I turn 29 tomorrow. Oh, oh my God. Happy birthday. Thank you. Did not know that. Um, and I transitioned, uh, both medically and socially, um, the summer of 2014, so when I was 24. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I feel like it was, as I did a lot of research in my transition, um, I felt like I was like on the older end of mm. people who transition. I feel like um, a lot of times the narrative is that you know from such a young age or that you come out when you're a teenager and then you wait until you have the financial stability, and then in your 20s you medically transition. Mm. Um, But for me, it was something that I think, uh, if I had known what being trans was as a child, perhaps I would have adopted that identity. Um, But I truly did not really understand or um, come to terms with the fact that I'm trans until until my mid twenties. Um, and in that time period when I was, I had just moved to Denver that year. So I'm from Michigan originally. Um, and I moved out here. It was the first place that I had moved outside of my state. And, uh, it was just a really tough year. Uh, I think it's tough when you like leave a place that you call home. Um, and then on top of that, uh, all of my friends um, 
the vast majority of them I've known since elementary school. Yeah. And I've gone all the way up through college with them, mm. uh, living with some of them, yeah. even in college. Um, so we had been really, really close, and suddenly it was like the first time that I was leaving all of them to go halfway across the country. Yeah. And uh, I think what made that like that move so difficult for me is that I didn't realize at the time that when I moved to Denver, um, a lot of the identity that I had that I understood about myself was in the context of my friend group. Um, it was in the relationships that we had that I felt kind of protected from the outside world, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of like having to explain, uh, I use the term like gender deviant. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I had gone through so many changes with like my gender expression and everything like that, and having the consistent like same group of friends. Um, made it feel like I didn't have to redefine myself every time or, like, I didn't have to explain myself. Uh, it was just trusted that they, like, knew me for who yeah. I was. Um, and then moving out to Denver, all of that context was suddenly gone. Mm. And so I don't think I knew how much uh, of myself was found in just having those people around me. And so in trying to figure out who I was and trying to discover what made me feel the most comfortable in my skin, um, I realized that I was starting to play with like gender norms and gender identity, and I started to swing more androgynous, and then I started to swing more masculine, and then um, in that time I was seeing somebody who I would describe as like a radical queer feminist. Um, okay. Swings a little bit more radical than I do. Um, <laughs> But she introduced me to like this whole world where like messing with gender was fine and it was encouraged and it was something that I had never really done before. And uh, in being friends with her, I had met somebody who was trans and I had talked to him. And I think just having somebody in front of me that has transitioned, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly it becomes much more, I don't know, it just feels like you can do it because it's not mm-hmm. something that's on YouTube or in the news, in the media, uh, it's somebody right in front of you that you can talk to and see and recognize that it is possible. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was, that was probably around Thanksgiving of 2013. And okay. then uh, I just kept thinking like, what if that's me? You know, like what if, like what if that explains like why I become a monster every time I put on a dress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, what if that explains, like, all of the fights that I had with my mom when we would go shopping for clothes? Um, mm-hmm. And just this, this level of discomfort, this, like, chronic level of discomfort that I just, like, become okay with. Um, and so I just, like, couldn't shake this thought for months and months and months and months. Um, and so I think by the time spring rolled around, I decided, like, this is something that I need to at least try and explore. But there is such a, there's, there's a pre and post, you know, it's like you, there's a before you transition and there's an after you transition. Yeah. And uh, taking that leap, it's like a leap of faith, you know, like yeah. there's no guidebook to tell you no. if you're trans enough to actually do no. this. Um, 
And it felt like if I was taking that leap, then I couldn't go back. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's where, for me, I felt a lot of, you know, these like inklings of grief. I don't think I would have been able to label it that at at the time, but, um, yeah, it meant like letting go of a lot of my past and, uh, that was really scary for me. Um, So it was just really tough to decide that I had enough faith in myself and enough confidence in my decision to make this jump. And um, I think a lot of the reason why I grieved is because I thought that if I transitioned, it would negate a lot of my past as if to Mm. say like, my childhood wasn't good enough or the life that I experienced wasn't good enough. And so I have to close this door and open a new one to become myself, to really feel authentic to who I am. Mm. And that just felt like such a lie that felt untrue uh, because, you know, while one aspect of myself didn't necessarily feel as comfortable as I would have liked it to, um, I still had great friends. I had... uh, you know, inside jokes, I had nicknames, and it felt like if I transitioned, it would be saying goodbye to all of those, as if I couldn't revisit them, or they weren't to be talked about, um, Mm. and that was just really hard for me, Uh, and I think, you know, for my family, it was the the same way, right, like, my mom named me, and that was going to change, um, she had an idea of who I was going to be. Right, right. And that was not her son, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a million years, that would have not been on her on her guest list, you know, so. Wow. This is... This is a perspective that I just had never really considered. Specifically, what you said about your like your childhood and those memories and everything, like not being good enough. And that's like, that's just, it's like hard for me to hear. And I didn't even know you then. (laughs) And that's just so, that's just hard to hear. I just, I never had considered that perspective. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that's interesting about my experience with grief in my transition is that for me, nothing nothing really changed after Mm -hmm. the fact. So it was like all of this buildup as if I'm waiting to bury my old self. Mm. Um, But it never came. You know, my friends all supported me from day one. Uh, My mom took some time, but she got there in the end. Uh, So none of those relationships have gone away. I mean, sure, they've maybe they've shifted in some ways, but I think friendships and relationships change in all, life, yeah, all, right? Yeah. So that's not unique to my experience. Um, so I think I thought, you know, and we talk a lot about like either or in our program, but truly it's a lot more of both and. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was expecting to somehow create two timelines when really it's just one continual timeline and there was just, there was a past me and there's a present me. And mm. It doesn't change my past. Uh, It's not like I'm trying to erase it. I think 
you know, if I had wanted to say like, oh, we can never talk about, you know, pre-transition ever yeah. again, but that's not the case. I, yeah. I was going to ask how, is it, is it just, did any of your friends or family members express to you that they felt this, this, I want to say like mourning or was this just a thought that you had had? Uh, definitely. My mom did not tell me directly, but through the grapevine, uh, I was told that my mother was definitely experiencing some mourning. Yeah. Um, and I think it's tough because at the time I was in such a like sensitive spot myself with my own identity yeah. that it was hard for me to hear that to be more myself would be causing her so much pain. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like watching her cry over losing me when I'm still there. Yeah. And I just wanted to tell her, like, you know, like, you're just getting more of me. You're losing the idea of me, right? right. You're not losing me itself. Um, yeah. And I think it just took until... I transitioned and I kept coming home and we kept hanging out for my mom to realize like, like it's still oh, me. you're still you, yeah. you know, like yeah. you still have the same memories. You still have the same way of speaking. You still have the same sense of humor. Right. Like all the of core, these, your core. Yeah. Like my core being is still me. It's just my voice is a little deeper and my shoulders are a little more broad, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, yeah, I just, that's the, I think this is something that I really struggled with within my experience with grief was the idea that like, I don't know myself anymore. And my memories, it's not like you had a more positive experience than me because like my granted very different experiences, but like my memories and my childhood, I remember going through this period of time in the few months after I lost my dad, where they were like, very marred for me. And I refused to think about my past mm. because that was like the naive Ruby. Right. Where like I had no idea that life was capable of, of evil. Right. For no, me. totally. I get you that. You know, and yeah, like the, the, the piece of, of identity and, and how you look and feel after losing someone is not talked about. Yeah. I feel like when I went to therapy and when I, or even like grief groups or anything you read online or whatever, you can like spiral down a rabbit hole of grief crap online. And it's all about like how to meditate, how to like, um, you know, find happiness again, blah, blah. Like, okay, yeah, that is going to happen over time. But it's not like, I remember, dis I vividly remember walking past mirrors and looking at it and be like, and stopping. Cause I was like, I don't know who you are anymore right and it's just like well it's like something's taken away from you and you don't yeah. have anything to replace it you know if something yeah. goes away you need something to fill that space that uh, you and you but you did you yeah. had you did you i mean but i think it was one aspect of a space right right like i think it's interesting because it's like for the vast majority of people gender is probably not something that they pay too much attention to. Right. I mean, maybe like aspects of gender roles or whatever, but um, actual like comfort with one's own gender. Yeah. 
And so it's like I was fighting for this one aspect of myself and I spent like so long investing in figuring out that one aspect of myself, but that's not all of who I am. Right. You know? And so sometimes it does feel like I've spent so much time investing and just figuring out this one very central core piece to who I am that it's like almost a little developmentally delayed in figuring out the rest (laughs) of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. I think, um, you know, now I I can speak on behalf of gender much more fluidly than than a lot of other people, but I kind of just stumbled into it. (laughs) It's, it's interesting that you say this because I also struggled with the concept of identity in terms of how much I wanted people to know. Right. And how much I wanted this to like become my identity. Like totally. the loss of my father, like is who, like there was this period you, of time where I was like, I am no one besides the girl who lost her dad. And then I was like, well, that's kind of like makes me sound like a downer. So right. I was like, I have to play with this a little bit. Right. Like what do you want underneath your like social media handle, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. I'm the trans person or like I'm the person with a dead dad like, right exactly yeah, and totally. I, I removed that from my social media <laughs> <laughs> but. no because I so I lost my dad when I was 11 right. and that was definitely something that so I we have a lot of yeah, a lot of grief to a lot unpack of grief. here yeah, we can unpack many many <laughs> but uh, that's definitely something that I felt is I remember coming back to school uh, and everyone just treating me differently yeah because you suddenly I was the, yeah suddenly I was the kid with the dead dad yeah and it was the thing where it was like I was pulled into the counselor's office and the teachers like told all my classmates what had happened so mm. they were all making me cards and all of a sudden I came back and I had like 60 cards oh God. and I was like cool over winter break, everyone else got presents, and yeah. I just got all of these cards Thank you. about my dead father. Yeah, and it was like that's, and I struggled so hard because I just wanted to be treated normally, and so I just right. I didn't want that label prescribed to me, and yeah. uh, I definitely face that a similar parallel now, um, because I think you know, gender is one aspect of who I am, and like yeah. perhaps I've had to fight harder for my gender to be seen or to be comfortable with my gender identity. Um, but that's certainly not all of me. Right. Um, and sometimes I do worry about the second I come out to somebody, is that going to be all they label me as? Uh, mm. And so it is, it is an interesting component as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, is there, is there a piece of you, was there, was there a time when you did feel like this was your like all encompassing identity and you didn't know how to like, you know, recognize the other traits that you had that you love about yourself? Yeah. I think when you're in the thick of it, right. It's so salient, right? Yeah. I think similar to, well, depending on how you process grief, right. uh, It can feel just all consuming exactly just like intrusive thoughts ruminating thoughts you just can't escape it yeah and I think at that point in time um yeah it totally consumed me it was the YouTube videos I was watching were all about transitioning oh god uh I remember my friends at one point they were like we need you to like pay attention to us like 
you're wow. talking like we've we've talked about this for so long uh but I was so confused I was so lost yeah. and uh I yeah. think that's when I that's when it like hit me that perhaps I should like see a therapist and not just use my friends as therapists. Right. Um, so that kind of got the transition ball. But that's even, that's even that is so, is so grief like in nature, just, you know, the inability to, to show up for your friends and they're like, their lives are continuing. Everyone's life is going on. on. Yeah. Right. But you're, you're so stuck in this, just in a rut. Yeah. It's like you're on a hamster wheel. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I forget when this was, it was shortly after my dad died. Cause I, I had blogged mm-hmm. a, about it just to like get my thoughts out of my head and mm-hmm. onto virtual paper. Right. And I remember I wrote about how this was like th- the most selfish time of my life. Oh yeah. And I wonder. Yes. I can absolutely relate to that. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I was only able to think about... Because it's all consuming. Yeah. And, like, my sadness. But did you experience sadness? Uh, I would say it was mostly... It was a combination of, like, anxiety, yeah, excitement, and sadness. Yeah. Yeah. You but felt- I, would, I would say it was, like, mostly anxiety. Right, which... Is fair, <laughs> sure. But you felt you felt like you were becoming more of like who you yeah were. Well, it's like uncharted territory, right? Yeah. So you're just yeah. like walking in the dark, hoping that this is right. Yeah. And so it's scary to leave behind com- like comfort, even right. if it's discomfort. Yeah. It's at least known. Right. And so. Right. You you mentioned that you had such a a positive experience in terms of like your friends and family accepting this. Yeah. For the most part. For the, so (laughs) I was going to say that I, I, I was curious to know, like even, even of these positive experiences and the people that you're presumably still friends with, were there any interactions that were, where they expressed something in a way that like did not sit well with you. I feel like this could be like its own podcast topic of like weird things people say to you, but you know what I mean? Like, like just stuff that like microaggression kind of stuff. Not even, well, sure. But I'm, I just mean like where they felt like you, like they couldn't reference, uh, an inside joke with you or reference a time of your past. Or they were just like, okay, well, this person's gone. I don't know Elliot yeah. yet. So like, do we have to rebuild a friendship here? Do you know what I mean? Right. No, totally. Um, I think it's interesting because at this point, for the first time in all of our lives, we were in separate states. And so in addition to me transitioning, we were all far apart. So it wasn't like yeah. they could see my day-to-day changes. Right. Um, so it definitely did come in like spurts of, you know, phone calls or FaceTimes or random yeah. vacations to yeah. see each other. And there were definitely times where they would be like we would all be reminiscing and they would go to say something that I did and there would just be this pause of like 
and looking how do I eyes move, shifting. How do I move forward with this with with this story? And uh, you know, when a story loses its flow, it's kind of like oh, okay. all right. <laughs> now we're all uncomfortable. I know what the hang up is. Yeah. Uh, and so it was actually a point of conversation. I think, um, yeah, one of my friends was like, "When I refer to you in the past, how do you want me to do it?" Oh. Uh, and and what so did you say? I had not given any thought to it yeah. until that point in time, really. Because um, in my head, we just, like, weren't going to talk about the past. Uh, I don't... I mean, that's clearly not true because mm. friends of that long are going to tell inside jokes and stories. Yeah. Uh, but also, you're going to think about the past. Yeah. Like... And so, I think I just came to the conclusion of... If it is a gender-specific story, or if it, like, involves... Because there's a lot of stories of my of my life where it was like, and then I was mistaken for a boy. Or, like, mm. and then he found out that you were a boy. Yeah. I found out you were a girl. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, you know, I'm fine with those stories being told. Like, right. they're, they're funny stories. Yeah. You can tell those stories. Uh, so in those moments... I was like, well, you can, like, use my dead name. Like, usually we're in the company of so many people that have known me that it's fine. Um, you call it your dead name? That's just, like, the term that's used. Really? Yeah. I, wow. Yeah, so we can unpack that, too. Okay, let's uh, do that after you talk about this. <laughs> but I was like, you know, if, if, if gender or my dead name is not relevant to the story, then just use Elliot and yeah. he and pronouns. Which... Is a fine compromise, but if you're telling the story to new people, it is adds a lot of confusion, you know? Right. <laughs> so I don't really know whatever came of that, actually. Hmm. Uh, we haven't, like, reminisced in that way in a while, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think now everyone just uses Elliot in the past. Um, but it's, so it's, it's definitely still one of those things that's, like, kind of confusing. And kind of difficult. It's just like a murky territory. Yeah. I get, yeah. I think some people are just more sensitive about it uh, than other people. Some people are like, approach the past with caution, you know, Hmm. tread carefully. Uh, But because I have so many positive associations with my friends and everything like that, uh, it doesn't really bother me in the same way that uh, it bothers a lot of other trans folks. Hmm. So. Okay. Dead names. Yes. Why? I kind of get why. Yeah. But like, I feel like that further proves our point right. here. Right, right. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense. R- sure. Because once somebody transitions and decides to go by a different name... It becomes really yeah. jarring to hear the old name. Sure. And so people just want it dead. People want to pronounce it deceased. Dead. Uh, and that's what was like partially really hard for me mm-hmm. uh, is because I didn't necessarily have bad associations with right. my name. Uh, and I didn't, I always phrased it as like, I just want to change the way that I live in my body Mm -hmm. like I don't need anything else to change you know like I didn't need I didn't need my name to change I didn't need my gender marker to change I didn't need a bunch of stuff to change it was just like because of how society functions and how society operates all of these things had to change and I knew that like I wouldn't be able to 
live the life that I wanted to live without like following through with all these steps. Right. When I was transitioning, um, something that I would tell myself to kind of get myself out of my head or I don't know, just stop like worrying about the future would be to say like, if you were on a desert Island, like what would you need? Like, what would you want? And I wanted to transition. I wanted to medically transition. Mm. Um, but all the other stuff felt like, you know, just things on a checklist to do. Um, so I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird topic, dead name. And I think it's something that like every trans person has their own individual interpretation. Or, sure. I mean, that's what that, same yeah, with like grief. Everything. I mean, everyone, yeah. you know, I can say this is a podcast about grief, but it's grief from my perspective at the end of the day. I mean, right. I totally get that. But <laughs> um, did you learn the term dead name during the whole transition or like prior to yeah. when you were doing your YouTube research. Yeah. When I was like, and how did that sit with you? That's, that was what was really difficult. And you're like, wait, I have to. Right. Cause it just dead? like solidified this yeah. like idea of the previous you, you're going to bury that person. Oh my God. You're going to, you know, have this Phoenix like rebirth and <laughs> yeah. you're going to be amazing and special. Sure, and awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think, People like to think of it that way, but change is really slow. And for me, that is what helped it become less overwhelming is because I kept living in this idea of... That it was so slow. Made it... Yeah. Yeah. The fact that it was so slow helped. Yeah. Um, Because when I thought about the big picture of like, oh my gosh, I am going to be switching genders, like wild ride. Yeah. Like what is going on? Yeah. Um, who am I going to be? What am I going to look like? How am I going to sound? Uh, all that big picture stuff, it just made the old me seem like somebody I had to kill off even more drastically than I did. But change is for me one shot a week and change happens slowly. Um, I mean, in the grand scheme of puberty, it happens quickly, but, uh, (laughs) It it was something that I could sense mild changes and decide, is this something that's moving me in the right direction or not? Mm -hmm. And it was not something that I had to tie myself to. You know, I could stop whenever I wanted. I could stop and start again. Uh, And a lot of changes would have been reversible at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that, I think helps alleviate this idea that somebody was going away. Do you think it took you leaving Michigan for this to happen? Yes, 100%. Really? Yeah. Uh, It's like one of those creepy things where if you think about all the directions that your life could go in... Uh, I think it would have come up at some point in time, but the question is when, you know? Right. Um, so, th- I mean, it's weird because the way that I relate to my identity for so long has just been very confusing uh, because I came out as bisexual first, then I came out as a, as a lesbian, um, but I just, like, really hated that 
identity for me. Hmm. But it was so it was so odd because I hated it so much that I like wouldn't really use it ever. Uh, I mostly just adopted queer. Um, but based on my behavior, I was living life as a lesbian. Yeah. Um, nothing felt right though. Yeah. No but it label. just didn't, yeah, it just did not stick. I just didn't like the way that it felt on me. Yeah. Uh, and then when I moved to Denver and for the first time, like really had to work to figure out who I was and stumbled upon the trans identity. Hmm. It's, it's like when you find that moment that you're like, gonna binge watch a show that you just like get obsessed you know <laughs> and you just you're like okay I'm not gonna leave this couch for eight hours yeah. uh it, that was it I was just like got on to the computer and could not stop looking it up mm. and I what I were you the, looking up you're like like what were you googling is this a thing like, I was what like what you? is like like am I trans enough and like mm. just like trans male non-binary like just anything just every term any term <laughs> it was like you would find a term and then you'd learn like six more terms right. and then you'd google all of these and then you know somehow you're on and now that one's outdated yeah 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 <laughs> and so it was just it was a wild ride and it was just all consuming yeah it was like i think that's honestly the last time that i've really felt obsessed with something wow. um is because everything i was reading it was just like that explains why I feel this way. Yeah. Or, oh, I've experienced that too. Yeah. Um, As you were reading all of this, did it feel more, I want to say comfortable, but did it feel like more right? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, did yeah, that yeah. feel, you were just like, okay, this is a thing. Like, it's, we could be going somewhere with this. Totally. I definitely felt that way. But it's also, again, this like, both and where I was like yeah. super excited, but with every additional tick of excitement came anxiety following it. Yeah. You know, because right. it was like, okay, this is great. This is awesome. Finally, something that like might feel right. Yeah. But also what does that mean then? Yeah. Like that means coming out again to everyone again. Mm. And like, this is going to be the biggest coming out show yet. You know? <laughs> so it was like, Yes, this is awesome, but do I want this to be awesome? Right. You know, I remember um, early on when I was toying with the idea of maybe I'm trans, uh, you know, a lot of the advice I got was just take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have Same it grief. all figured out, <laughs> yeah. right? You don't have to know the answer of your identity in one right. day. And how, so... How does that sit with you? I have... I have my own opinions on that as a response. I think sometimes you have to. Play Is that who with you it. are as a person? Do you take things a day at a time? No. Okay. <laughs> but I, so I think that's difficult, right? right? I mean, it's like you have this whole thing in front of you, right? And right. you're being told, like, oh, I can only like take one slice like, at a time. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. But it was like the idea was so overwhelming that I had to focus on what was one actionable behavior I could do that mm. would like inch me closer and so it was like um okay I cut my hair shorter and then it was okay I started wearing ties to work 
Um, and then I, you know, just like slowly got more and more androgynous and masculine. And it was one of those things where I had to take a step back and realize this is not what most people do in their free time to figure out themselves. Like most people don't gender bend and feel good about it and feel like they're coming into their own. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so this is like a thing. Yeah. You know, this is, I'm doing enough of this that this feels like it's turning into an identity piece. And so um, the thing that I did to like really seal the deal of like, am I trans or not, is I bought a binder. It's like a chest binder. Oh. Yeah, so it like flattens out your chest. And I was like, okay, if I put this on and it feels good, then I need to keep exploring. And this is probably the direction that I'm going to be going. So you were just taking these little yeah, baby steps. Yeah, just like these little chunks of like, what can I do? And I got that binder and I put it on and I remember putting on a, a shirt over it. And it just like filled out my shoulders more. And mm. I just like loved the way that my shirt like laid on my chest. Um, and I remember being so stoked with my reflection. And it just immediately followed with just like crippling anxiety and fear mm. of like, well, what does this mean? Like, I've officially opened a can of worms. Yeah. But it's interesting to me that you moving... I would think it would be the other way around if you had such a tight-knit relationship with all of these friends that moving to a new state would be, like, easier to toy with your identity however that right, looked like because like no one knows of, you yeah yeah yeah. you know oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah i th- it was easier to toy with my identity because nobody knew me um but it was tough to feel like i was doing this new thing and no one that i was really close with was around me to be by my side i guess yeah but i also think yeah. that if i had had them by my side i wouldn't have had the I wouldn't have like met the threshold of need yeah. to do anything because I always felt comfortable around them because they saw me as me. It didn't feel like a gendered version of myself. Yeah. Uh, These are the people who never treated you like the kid with the dead dad. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. And so I like one of the big moments for me where I really felt uncomfortable was. Uh, a lot of my friends were obsessed with The Bachelor. Yeah. Okay. And they would have watch yeah. parties. Yes. And I was invited to these watch parties. <laughs> the Bachelor is a very gendered show. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I was amongst only women. <laughs> and I remember just being there and being like, I don't feel like I fit into this. Like, I mean, same. I can't watch <laughs> that show. But yeah. Yeah. For different reasons. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, they see me in this way where I would belong here in mm. this setting. Was that? And it was really just eye-opening. To, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, this is how the outside world sees me. Um, whereas in the past... I think I just felt like I had this protective layers of, of my friendships with the people I was with. And so yeah. even if people would see me a certain way, it had to go through this like defensive line of friends 
who I still knew saw me as me. Yeah. So it wasn't as if it hit me as hard. Um, and I just remember once I noticed how I was being gendered, I noticed every single time I was gendered. And so it was, became one of those things where it was like, every time I was a teacher, so every time I was called Miss, mm. I was like, why does that start to feel like somebody like poking an open wound you know Mm. why is that starting to feel weird to me and as I you know developed and uncovered so much about the trans identity I was like oh this is why like I'm starting to understand now yeah um but I don't yeah I just I don't know that any of that would have happened if I had stayed with my friends like in Michigan the I don't want to say the courage but maybe it is the courage Maybe you were, I'm like, tell me if this is wrong, but maybe like you felt like it was too comfortable there. So you had to leave yeah, to explore this. I mean, that's part of why I left. I left because I grew up in Michigan and I just needed something different. Yeah. Right. Sure. Uh, Like a lot of young 20 something. Yeah. 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 And then I just got way more out of the deal than I anticipated. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I was, you know, I think. With courage, you have to be... There's there's definitely moments of vulnerability. Oh, know? the two absolutely go hand in hand. Yeah. I don't consider people courageous <laughs> who are not being vulnerable right. at all. And so I think at the time, I wouldn't have viewed what I was doing as courageous. Yeah. Because to me, it was like, I guess this is what I have to do. Yeah. You know? But I look back and I think, oh my God, I can't believe I did all of that you know I I was a teacher and I was in a place where I was like this is bad enough that I'm gonna come out to an entire school of high schoolers you know like you have to be in some kind of place to think like this is my only option for happiness right um yeah but I look back at that now and I'm like oh my gosh yeah how could I have done that yeah like it's huge uh yeah (laughs) kudos because high schoolers are like pretty judgmental oh yeah they can be they can be brutal (laughs) i i feel part of me feels like really weird comparing our experiences because for obvious reasons but like (laughs) I wrote an, a blog post. I vividly remember this was shortly after we'd moved back to Denver. Um, I was living in Baltimore when my dad died and we moved back to Denver. And I, I remember sitting at the table, we were eating dinner at my aunt and uncle's house. And I remember sitting at the table wondering that exact idea. I was like, how have I done this? Yeah. Like how resilient the human spirit is, even though I was like in the midst of deep depression and was like so miserable, but, but you still did it. Exactly. Exactly. But so, and I just remember thinking, getting these texts and everyone was like, because you're so strong. And I was like, thank you. But that's not what I mean. I mean, like the, the things that we go through, you just, you just have to do it right to continue. There's no other way out except forward. Right. Right. And, 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 but to have the courage to be vulnerable to, I don't know, 
explore the identity, explore the concept of who I was as much as I loved myself. I'm sure there were attributes and everything, a lot of things about your old self. I don't know what you call your, like your yeah, old, old self, self that you, that you loved, yeah. that you weren't like, like I don't want to wanna... get rid of these parts. Of exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and I really struggled with that when I was in like the, the depths of my grief because what, like I pride myself on my impeccable sense of humor and I really <laughs> was, wor- I, you know, I was dark and miserable and right. like I didn't have that sense of humor and things weren't like funny to me anymore. Right. And I was just like, will I ever get this back? Like this no, was who totally. I was. This is, I loved this about me and I was confident and I was happy with who I was. And then it was like robbed from me. Right. It's just ripped away from you. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But I don't know. No, I mean, I think I, I definitely felt that way because not not in a sense of like there was a before me and an after me, but just in the process of transitioning, it was like I was just stripped away and shown, you know? I was yeah. like very vulnerable yeah. to have to come out to all of my colleagues and, right. you know put in for a name change mm. and before that like be transitioning but go out and show this ID with a different name you know mm. it's just like all of existence was just vulnerable yeah I was open to a lot of potential hate which I luckily did not receive mm. but just carrying that anxiety of like maybe this time when I show my ID to the bouncer like something bad's gonna happen, you mm. know. Just yeah. having that fear of like a maybe, like that—that's a real possibility. Mm. Um, makes you feel really raw and yeah. and just constantly open. And, and and also simultaneously, very trusting. Yeah. That people are gonna take care of you. Yeah. And still love and support you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, totally. And, uh, but at the time, I just remember thinking, there's no other option. Yeah. Like I can't, what's my other choice to not go out to, right. to be at home and not Move be on. happy. Yeah. Um, so it felt like, I think, you know, maybe it was my own mindset of like, well, this is my only choice and just viewing yeah. it in such a stubborn way is what helped me get through. Um, but sometimes there is no other choice. Yeah. You just have to keep living and you just have to keep experiencing life. Yeah. And because I keep thinking about what you were saying about the the dead name that like for the purpose of, of, of moving forward, like you have to get rid of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I feel like that is something that was hard for you, but also not because you were, you've alluded to the, you're just like, I'm not, I mean. It was, it was anywhere. one of those things where it's like the idea of it is hard. Right. And so it makes it hard to take the leap of faith. Yes. Because I feel like if, if I was Googling and you were on like your, one of your research binges on the couch and like, that's something that I came across, I feel like that would punch me in the gut. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you don't, I mean, yeah, I don't, 
You don't have to say anything. <laughs> I just, I, th- I think the identity component to, to grief was just something, something that really struck me because I'd struggled to put like a, like a, like a definition to grief yeah. as we know it is really just about death and loss. But I think in any time of change and transition, there's going to be some level of grief. Sure. Right? Yeah. You know, just when a kid goes off to college and you miss your parents or oh your, they miss you. Right? I went like, like 45 minutes away and my mom was like in my room right? in isn't mourning. That, isn't that grieving yeah. like yeah. the life that you once had? I actually um, do think she used the word grief and I was like, you have to get a hold of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but now I have a child and I do feel that way. Yeah. I remember like sitting in the hospital right after I had her and I was like crying about her going to college. <laughs> and the nurses were like, have you ever heard of postpartum depression? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's true though. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I hope that this, the the conversation between the two of us can really shift how people Totally. Think about it. And, and maybe talk that makes it grief. easier to talk about, right? If you view it as just transition, change. Yeah. Right? That happens all the time. Yeah. It does it does sound prettier than grief if we yeah. just say transition. That's true. I think it negates a lot of people's yeah. experience. <laughs> I was just about to say <laughs> that like my experience wasn't pretty, so I don't. I don't want to. I don't want none of this. But I don't know. Maybe maybe in terms of like talking to people about. Yeah. Grief, yeah. if you can mentally think about, like, the loss associated with transition. Exactly. You know, maybe that removes a layer of stigma. And isolation. Yeah. Of, like, I don't know, being able to relate to people who I didn't think that I could have anything in common with this person over here, but they've experienced an identity change that, like, shook them to their core. Right. And so did I. Totally. And you know, like that's yeah, that's I think huge. Once you hit a certain age, everyone's experienced some sort of identity transition, you know. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hey, yes, Otherwise, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> probably haven't grown much. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for you to move out of your your home state. Um, well, Elliot, thank you so much. This was such a unique and awesome conversation and experience. Yeah, and thank I'm, you for having me. Yeah, I'm really grateful. <laughs>